Welcome to Splash Pages. Today, we're talking about X-Men, Days of Future Past. We're going to be covering Uncanny X-Men issues 141 and 142. And uh, if you haven't done so already, head on over to our Facebook Splash Pages comic book club group, where we all get together and talk about these books online as well. So definitely head on over there, join the conversation. And without further ado, here's Splash Pages. Guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching the Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching the Dorkening. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching the Dorkening. Stay tuned. Pages, the comic book club, your weekly dive into your favorite graphic novels and comic books. Their mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. And here we are. We are now live on Splash Pages, the comic book club. And uh, with us, uh, my friend Rich. How's it going, sir? Good evening, good evening. How are you? Rich Davis, a.k.a. Velvet Joker, a.k.a. CT Joker, saying hello to everyone out there. How you doing today, Leo? Doing fine, my friend. Uh, why don't you, uh, you know, tell people what you do? I mean, I've known you for a while at the cons and everything, but, you know, for people new to the show, uh, you know, what do you sure, do? Absolutely. Um, so I'm a 30-year cosplayer. Um, predominantly, I do the Joker. I'm known as CT Joker on Instagram. Um, I just love the character. I love all different iterations of him. I've done at least 15 versions of him. Um, uh, I've done my own podcast before, the Clowns of Cosplay podcast, uh, for a year with my good buddy Rebus Farser. And uh, now here I am with Leo. Uh, we're doing the Splash Pages, and I'm excited. This is our second episode. Uh, we went DC first, now we're going Marvel. And uh, that's what's going on tonight, right? Yeah. And uh, tonight was a storyline that uh, I've never read before. And uh, actually, let me bring up the synopsis here. Uh, so tonight we're talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, Days of Future Past is a Marvel storyline. Shocker. Uh, it takes place in Uncanny X-Men issue 141 and 142. Only two issues. And uh, it can be easily found via trade paperback. I got an Amazon link down below or up above, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Clicking on that link does support the network, so I definitely highly recommend it. It's an Amazon link. And uh, actually, it looks like a new trade paperback is uh, up for pre-order coming out uh, January 29th. So that link brings you right there. Uh, the story was written by the amazing Chris Claremont and John Byrne and penciled by John Byrne. Inked by Terry Austin, who is best known for working with John Byrne during his Uncanny X-Men run from 1977 to 1981. 
Chris Claremont is a writer for uh, American Comic Books, best known for his 16-year stint on Uncanny X-Men, during which the series became one of comic book industry's most successful properties. John Byrne, his most famous works have been on Marvel's Uncanny X-Men as well, and also Fantastic Four, and the 1986 relaunch of DC's Superman franchise. During the 1990s, he produced a number of creator-owned works, including Next Men and Danger Unlimited. So talking about uh, uh, Days of Future Past, the storyline alternates between the present year of 1980 and the future year of 2013. In the future, Sentinels rule a dystopian United States, and mutants are hunted and placed in internment camps. Having conquered North America and hunted all mutants and other superhumans, the Sentinels are turning their attention to the rest of the world. On the eve of the feared nuclear holocaust, a few remaining X-Men, while making a desperate attempt to stop the Sentinels, send Kitty Pride's mind backwards back to 1980 uh, to possess the body of her younger self and prevent a pivotal event in mutant human history. And the cause of all these events, the assassination of Senator Robert Kelly, along with Charles Xavier, Maura McTaggart, uh, McTaggart <laughs> and Mystique's newly resembled Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Working with the present-day X-Men, Kitty Pride's future self succeeds in her mission, spoiler, <laughs> and is pulled back to her own time, while her present-day self is returned with no memory of any interim. The world of 2013 is not shown again in the story arc. The present-day X-Men are left to ponder whether the future dystopia has been averted or simply delayed. There we go. That was a, that was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> oh, thank you. It, it came from uh, Marvel fandom and Wikipedia, so uh, right. I, I did my research. Uh, like I said, this was my first read here, and I really wasn't an X-Men uh, kid growing up. I mean, I, I picked up the re- reboot and uh, started with that, but never really followed through. Were you an X-Men fan, uh, fan growing up? Uh, yes, I am, <laughs> and yes, I was. <laughs> um, yeah, I I actually really grasped onto the X-Men uh, probably during... Uh, when they rebooted, when they uh, went from old old school X Men, when it was just Cyclops, Beast, uh, Marvel Girl, and Iceman, uh, and when they started transitioning to uh, was it Wolverine, Colossus, Cyclops, uh, Banshee, Thunderbird, and Nightcrawler, yep. and then Storm eventually. Yeah, yeah, I guess she was actually a little bit of a, a later iteration. Um, but yeah, this this was a, a fun storyline. Um, and uh, it also inspired an X-Men movie. It did. And uh, that's, uh, that's uh, where they rebooted the X-Men franchise. And it had, uh, from my uh, memories, it had uh, some similarities, but there was a lot of stuff off. Yes. Absolutely. Um, instead of sending Kitty Pride back in the movie, they sent Wolverine back. Yeah. Well, you have to because, I mean, Hugh Jackman, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, he was the star. <laughs> oh, yeah. He still is. They got to bring him back somehow because uh, I, I don't see anybody else playing Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, they're, you know, they're talking about bringing Captain America back now, too. Chris Evans. Yeah. So uh, all kinds of things. But uh, we're, we're, we're sidetracking a little bit. We are. My apologies. <laughs> no worries. Uh, um, but, but yeah, Chris Claremont, a great writer. Uh, John Byrne, Connecticut artist. Um, he also uh, had a, a very 
classic Hulk run for many years, um, when Hulk first went uh, intelligent. Oh, uh, Gray Hulk, right? Uh, no, he oh. was still a Green Hulk. They they threw a parade for him in New York City because you know he was all celebrated now. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to look that up and get around to that, but that'll be another episode. Oh, totally but uh, but yeah, so great artists, great writers. Um, the the uh, the comic cover is very classic with all the uh, deceased on them. I don't know if you could bring that up, Leo. Yeah, actually, uh, let me share my screen here. Yeah, that right there on the right. Um, and that's sort of, you know, that's our first kind of look at Old Man Logan because they hadn't even thought about that series at that point. And that's kind of the look that they ended up going with that. And I don't know if we could see uh, who's actually deceased there, but there's uh, quite a few. Yeah, so uh, it looks like Cyclops is slain, uh, Colossus apprehended, Storm apprehended, uh, Nightcrawler slain, Angel uh, and Iceman are both dead. Uh, it says Beast is dead as well. Um, and uh, let's see. Actually, there is early on. You can see all the graves in action. I'll see if I can zoom in here. Yeah, so we get Ben Grimm. Uh, so uh, Charles Xavier, Scott Summers, Kurt Wagner, um, Reed Richards. Right, right. Yeah, Johnny Storm. Yeah, because when uh, Kate first goes back, one of the first people she sees is Nightcrawler, and she's like, oh, Kurt, you're alive! Very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some people call this uh, um, one of the best X-Men stories. Not being an X-Men fan, do you think this ranks up there as, as one of the best or the best? Um, it, it's certainly a classic story, and it's it's... One of the first times that, that um, I can remember in comics when they were they were really going to like a future that really had impact on the past. It was um, and uh, you know the Sentinels was a great storyline, but I I don't know that it was one of the best. Um, it's up there. It's up there. You know, it, it's definitely emotional. Once you're tied into the characters, as you know, you know um, when they start killing and there's a part in this where Aur Aurora gets killed. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up with that character and, and it, it, it is a little emotional. Yeah. It's towards the end. I mean, it, it's, they wipe out literally everybody. You know, matter of fact, yeah. the, uh, the next, uh, cover this issue, everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying to get you to buy that. They want you, this could be the end of your character. Yeah, uh, matter of fact, the way Wolverine gets out is uh, goes out is just crazy. Um, even Colossus. So Colossus is married to uh, Kitty Pride, right? And uh, and then uh, let's see, let me find the page right here. Yeah, Wolverine gets blasted, and uh, in the top left there, you can see just his skeleton remains. His yeah, skeleton. We all know he can come back from that, though. Yes. And he even came back from uh, the molten uh, adamantium, right? Yeah, I, I was already out of comics by then, but yeah. I've, I've read some stuff about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to get to it in uh, in splash pages here. Um, Absolutely, all caught up. Yeah, <laughs> blast from the from the future to the past. Exactly. So, so the uh, remaining uh, X Men is uh, Kitty Pride, Storm, Colossus, and Rachel Summers. And mm -hmm. Franklin Richards, and led by Magneto, which is crazy. 
And of all mm-hmm. things, Magneto is uh, left to a uh, to a um, uh, chair. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. A little irony there. Exactly. And uh, so the Sentinels, they, they, they've taken over the U.S. They've separated people into three groups. You have H for human, A for... Um, they have mutant genes, but they're not a mutant, so they could pass on those genes. And then M right. for a straight-out mutant. And uh, in the movie, they were straight-out killing mutants, where here they're tending to capture them and put them in camps, uh, but obviously killing you know quite a few of them. Right. Yeah. And uh, with having like Rachel Summers there, you know, that's, you know, that I don't know that that character um, was that integrated at that point because she became the Phoenix for a while. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, but she was the Phoenix from the future, um, where also Bishop came from. Okay, yep. Uh, you know, he had the M over his eye. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bishop, he was introduced in the, the X Men reboot with Jim Lee, right? Was that when they brought Bishop in, or? Uh... I would have to check notes on that one. Yeah, no idea. Okay, uh, what other thoughts do you have for uh, for this issue? Um, well, the art was great. Uh, where it's time, obviously things are updated now, uh, but it was a very specific style. Um, very sad, you know. Like you said, a lot of death. It is emotional to see all your characters die and for them to promote it. <laughs> blasting it out for you. <laughs> oh, all your characters are going to die. And they do. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the viewers right now, uh, you know, uh, Colossus uh, Storm gets speared and uh, Colossus just goes crazy and knocks a sentinel uh, out of the building. But they don't show Colossus dying, but um, they, uh, one character does say that he fe- uh, she feels him die. Uh, and that was uh, a Summers kid, I think, Rachel Summers. Right. Yeah. She has, you know, psi powers, Professor X-type powers. Yeah. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidoctopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. But yeah, it was a good read. Um, it's a short read, obviously. It's just two issues. Um, but it's good art. It's classic. It's definitely a classic story. Um, it starts bringing into the Sentinels and the danger of the Sentinels. And we've seen in countless movies and in countless comics um, where that politician uh, causes trouble for the X-Men yeah. and gets involved with, uh, you know, Sentinel formation and 
making the X-Men have to register with the government. And it's very oppressive. Yeah, because he was covered in both the original three-movie run and then the reboot as well, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember Mystique took over his body at one point. He got mutated in the movies. Uh, yeah, uh, Stephen. Yeah, uh, right, right. In the original X Men, that's right. And he sort of just turned to a blob of jelly, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> the very first one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Steve says, uh, "Who drew it? John Byrne." Yes, yes. Uh, John Byrne's amazing artwork, and uh, Rich, like you said, for the time, it was great artwork. Uh, and then the story is definitely great writing as well. So, so in my research, this was the first time where they interacted with their future selves and it said that it has happened in x-men storylines as well so um care to give a little glimpse from what you remember with them just going into the future in the past yeah well uh uh, cyclops scott summers um has a baby with a clone and for his safety they send him into the future and then he comes back as cable who later goes on to lead X-Force. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And is in the Deadpool movie. Yep. Yeah, that was... Uh, so is this the first time that we saw the straps uh, around a neck that limited their mutant ability? Kind of like uh, we saw in Deadpool 2. Yeah, it might be. Okay. The power dampeners. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Now I'm going to go back to some of the artwork here. So also in this... Uh, if you pick up the trade paperback, and actually, let me see if I can reset the view. And also, just because I see her there, and while you're looking something up, yeah, um, this yeah. was really early on when Kitty was with the X-Men. This is like second or third issue that she's in this. So she is super new, and she is totally taken over by her older self. Yeah, I, I read the previous issues to this just to you know get a feel for it. And uh, yeah, this was really, she didn't really go on any missions. You know, she was still going through training. Exactly. And actually, if you pick up the trade paperback, uh, where is the, here we go. There is a issue previously, I think it's 138. And it's just, Scott Summers just giving a whole rundown of like the, uh, the X-Men, uh... Oh, his goodbye uh, issue. Yeah, his goodbye issue, yeah. Right, right. It's it's too much for him because, you know, Jean Grey has died again yep. as the Phoenix. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, reading him go through it, you know, talking about how people died, but they didn't really die. Uh, you know, Xavier lost his powers, but he was just faking it to test them. You know, you definitely get a rundown. Like, you know, I learned a lot of the X-Men history just from reading this. You know, it's... uh, Oh, yeah. And then this was issue 138, so just a couple issues prior. But if you pick up the trade paperback, which I have the link in the show notes, I believe it comes with all those issues. Uh, So 138, even covering the um, uh, King Size Annual number four from 1980. And this was another crazy thing. I mean, you know, this takes place in 1980. They're talking about 2013 as a future. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And now here we are there. You know, we're, we're not in that kind of future decimated world, no. fortunately. But, I mean, talking about a, uh, you know, president that's, you know, 
don't want to get political, but you see some parallels, you know, from from the overbearing president in the comic to, you know, what sure. what we've been going through. It's just uh, a absolutely little, little crazy so, to you know look at you know what people were thinking back then, you know. So what do you think? You think Chris Claremont was telling the future? I could be, could be just like Simpsons, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty they're pretty on board with those Simpsons, aren't they? They are. They are. Um, and what I even liked, you know, they, they covered the um, Wolverine's Wendigo fight when um, he first fought right, with Alpha Flight. Yes. Yeah, love Alpha Flight, the classic Alpha Flight. I never got into. I, see, I was more of a DC guy, but I, I'm, I really enjoyed this issue, and I, I'm really enjoying the the writing. Um, so I I may. I mean, maybe. I could be wrong, but I think John Byrd might have done a run of Alpha Flight as well. Really? Uh, Steve uh, Bueller is asking, uh, where other heroes disposed of? I think Banner was actually working with the government. I don't remember Banner being mentioned in this. The heroes disposed of? Oh, in the future? Actually working with the government. He, he created Not it. this storyline. No. Now, this year mainly focused on uh, X-Men, uh, and it covered some Fantastic Four because uh, they need to get to the Baxter building, which the Sentinels have taken over, and that's sort of like the the main uh, control panel of, of all the uh, everything that's going on. Oh, he says right. Alpha, Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight were the heroes. Yes, John Byrne did Alpha Flight. Yeah. Confirming. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and just to give everybody a heads up, in the next half hour, we're going to be talking about uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Return of the Sin Eater. We're going to bring Chris on in a couple minutes here. And uh, so where do you think we should go from here um, for X-Men? What, what do you think should be the next storyline that we, we talk about? Um, do you want to do another X-Men? Well, it might be good to uh to continue i mean we can flip flop and next week do a do a uh, dc you know maybe do a superman but then flip flop maybe back to another x-men or uh you know you sir are uh, are the sensei of comics so <laughs> well i i, I uh, there was the time when i could uh look through all the long books see a cover and know exactly what the storyline is yeah. but my memory is not what it used to be no and you know that's um, a gr great thing about doing this you know we're rekindling our love for comics you know and, and we urge everybody to definitely read with us and uh you know uh, join the group because we post what we're going to be talking about next in the group as well so uh it, links should be in the show notes but it's the splash pages comic book club on facebook and uh there was a Superman. You know what? We'll talk about it afterwards. But there was a Superman run recently that a lot of people have been telling me to read. So uh, well, the, I always like the the X Men. Uh, there was the Brood storyline, and they were aliens that they could uh, they could put eggs in your belly and uh, produce more brood. Kind of kind of alienish. Yeah. But uh, it was it was a fun storyline, and uh, I've always been a big fan of the Squadron Supreme. Okay. Which is uh, kind of a Justice League ripoff, but for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Marvel, also we're going to be talking about House of M, but we're going to hold off a little bit because we don't want to possibly give any spoilers for uh, Wandavision that's happening right now. And, right. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the first two episodes? 
I did indeed. I thought it was kind of, it was it was fun. I like the uh, old school throwback feel. Yeah. Um, but from what I've I've read, from what I come to understand, every episode is going to be a different decade. Yep. Um, and I like some of the clues, you know, with the commercials, the Stark commercial, the uh, um, oh, what's, what was the watch? The uh, yeah, the uh, guy... Strucker. So it, it Strucker. Looked... right. The... I've been watching some yeah. of. The... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said the Hydra connection with Strucker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been watching some of the breakdown videos and I didn't catch it. So I've watched uh, both episodes like three times so far. It's just crazy. Uh, Steve Bueller says, uh, brood lots of tie-ins ended quickly though. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the group, we're also looking for recommendations as well. So anything you want us to cover. Definitely. Thank you for participation. Exactly. Um, in some of the breakdown videos, like the wallpaper, uh, in the second episode, you can actually see the castle that they were held captive with Strucker. Oh, and, I did not see that. I did not watch it three times. I only watched it the yeah. one time. <laughs> and the commercial, uh, you know, I didn't catch it on uh, until after I saw the breakdown video. But so the Stark toaster and the beeping, mm-hmm. uh, that's supposed to represent the Stark bomb that landed in their home uh, uh, that didn't go off. And then obviously Strucker is the guy that had them captive within the castle as well. Mm-hmm. And then he had the little Hydra logo on it. I have a theory. What's your theory? I'd love to hear it. Um, I have a theory that uh, Vision is still dead and that's just her powers manifesting him. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, I haven't seen anything written up about that. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just my theory. Well, you know, they're uh, they're talking where Doctor Strange is going to be possibly in this season. And obviously this is going to tie into uh, Multiverse of Madness. And, right. uh, and they need to bring mutants in at some point. You know, uh, maybe some uh, some merge of the universes or something. Hopefully we we get Vision back. Right. Well, we hear some kind of, uh, you know, Agatha Harkness and Mephisto, but we don't know who those characters are at this point in the show. No. Or if they have or have not been revealed. Well, Agatha Harkness and then Agnes. You think that's the oh, same? She did, is that the next door neighbor? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. And uh, there's one thing she says. uh Somebody says the devil's in the details, and she says that's not the only place he's at, or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so... Referring to Mephisto. Yep. Right, right. And I think at one point during, uh, they show, like, a console, and you see the little sword logo. Yes, yep. And I know... Now, I'm not totally up on sword. I sort of remember a few issues with sword, but maybe when I got out is when they got more into it. But they seem like they're just the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D., Yes, actually, Chris might be able to fill us in. We'll we'll bring him in in for a second, and uh, so we're going to be going to commercial. And uh, where do you like people following you? Okay, uh, you can see me uh, on Facebook. I'm Rich Davis. Um, Instagram CT Joker 2014. 
those are the two places you can find me. Okay. And we have those links in the show notes as well. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not, but uh, I'm not going to say which is which. But I run a little network called the Dorkening Podcast Network, which you can find just about 30 shows on a network, which is absolutely insane. A lot of awesome stuff, including Splash Pages. And uh, also the uh, including uh, Chris's new Spider-Man show, which we're going to be getting into next. Uh, and if you're listening to the Audible show, uh, just... Uh, head on over to our website and you'll find more information on Chris's show. And with that, uh, I'm going to bring up Deadly Grounds. They're a sponsor of the network and absolutely love them. Uh, you know, they definitely help keep the lights on uh, and, you know, a little mom pops here, here in Connecticut. Make the best coffee you'll ever have. But here's a zombie talking about coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. And that's it for today's Splash Pages. I want to thank everybody for listening. And next week, we are going to be talking about Green Arrow and the Longbow Hunters. The Mike Grell run, the three issues, uh, also in a trade paperback as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, but make sure you head on over to our Facebook group, Splash Pages, the comic book club. I'll put a link in the show notes down below or up above, depending on where you're listening to us. And uh, yeah, come on and join the fun, join the conversation. And uh, it's a growing community and absolutely love everybody that's interacting there. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Dooby-dooby-da, dooby-dooby-dub-dub. Dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun